Radio. Good evening, all. This is Peggy Amanisi, broadcasting from Burplank, New York, Westchester County. And uh, my show's name is Signs Our Loved Ones Send Us. And um, we have a very special guest tonight. I'm very excited. Uh, His name is Mark Anthony, better known as the Psychic Lawyer. Mark Anthony, uh, the Psychic Lawyer, is a practicing medium who not only communicates with spirits, he also is a successful attorney licensed to practice law in Florida, Washington, D.C., and before the United States Supreme Court. Mark graduated from Mercer Law School with honors, which included the study of law at Oxford University in England. He also studied mediumship in England at the Arthur Finley College for the Advancement of Psychic Science. Mark Anthony is a published author of the bestseller Never Letting Go, which is the definite guide to healing grief with help from the other side. And he has a website. It's www.neverlettinggo.com if you'd like to uh, check that out. And uh, let's talk a little bit about his book before I bring Mark on and my co-host, Melissa. Uh, His best-selling book, Never Letting Go, is a powerful and revealing guide for those who are suffering from the death of a loved one. Readers will find great solace in this book with great help on how to start healing the pain from grief. Never Letting Go is an inspiration for those who are looking for evidence of the afterlife Incredible stories offer clear evidence from loved ones on the other side. Never Letting Go also teaches us how to recognize spirit contact. Learn the telltale signs of those loved ones on the other side who may be trying to connect with you. Never Letting Go also heals you with a message of hope from the other side. So I am going to, um, now that you know a little bit about Mark, um, my pleasure to bring him on the air, and then I'll be bringing my co-host on. Okay, hold on one second, please. Hello, Mark. Hi, how you doing, Peggy? It's great to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. I'm very excited. I've been a great followers, a follower of yours for quite a while now, and uh, you're quite an inspiration. So, um, you know, Mark, I, I'm also an uh, uh, intuitive medium, so is my niece. She does the um, the uh, spiritual handwriting, the um, and uh, I've written books. I'm an author, and I uh, counsel other people that are going through grief, especially people that have lost children like myself. And though so I've read about you. Let's let's hear some of the things uh, you can tell us firsthand about you. You know, what was it like growing up with uh, other psychics? From what I understand, your parents were psychics, or just your mom? <laughs> um, b- both my parents. 
um, both my, my mother and my father had mediumistic abilities. Dad was kind of quiet about his. Mom, on the other hand, was, was kind of out there and boisterous about it. But neither mm-hmm. of them were professional. My dad was a NASA engineer, and my mom, um, she was a stay-at-home mo- mom, but she was also an artist, and uh, she studied herbs and, and, uh, and health, um, spirituality. She was a very fascinating person. So when my psychic abilities started to emerge, they didn't chastise me or treat me odd, like a, like a lot of lot of our colleagues have been. They just told me to keep it at home and talk about it to them because people outside the family won't understand. I I, I really feel it was it was a privilege to to have such understanding parents. Uh, it, it was great. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um... Did you feel um, any different growing up uh, per, from a personal level from other kids, or did you feel that we all had this gift, or did it make you feel odd at times, or how did you feel about that? All of the above. <laughs> I hear you know, it. Hello? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um yeah, all of the above. Uh, there was times that uh, that it was odd and and strange, but you know the thing is, especially when you're a kid, it's hard to to say like, did it make you feel different from other kids? I knew I was different from other kids, but I only had my viewpoint to understand. It was when I got older that I started to see that other families weren't like my family. So, so that's that's when I began to see that that we were definitely different than you know than the the Joneses down the street, if you will. Right, right. Well, Mark, I'm going to have some more questions for you. I want to just bring our co-host just came on, Melissa. She's also intuitive, and like I said, she does the automatic handwriting. So we're going to introduce you to her and the audience, and um, then I'm going to ask you some more questions, if that's okay. Absolutely. Okay. Hello, Melissa. Hello, Peggy. How are you? Good. How are you? I want you to I'm meet doing good. Mark. Mark, this is Melissa, Melissa Mark. Hello. Hi, nice to meet you. Likewise. Well, Melissa, I have uh, quite a few li- lists here of uh, questions I'd like to ask Mark. Um, Mark, you're also going to be doing, um, from what I understand, you're going to be coming to New York in about a week or so? I am. I'll be speaking uh, at the Namaste Bookstore in New York, which is, um, if you go to either my Facebook page, uh, Mark Anthony, the Psychic Lawyer, or my website, NeverLettingGo.com, um, you can follow me on Facebook through through uh, my website, and you can go to the calendar of events. It'll give you all the details about the uh, event at Namaste. From what I understand, uh, tickets are, are selling very well. And so I'll be conducting a gallery reading for attendees as well, and I'm I'm really looking forward uh, to to this trip to New York. I always love New York. Uh, I mean, how can you not love New York City? Hey, I was born here. Of course, <laughs> our hometown. Yes. So it is. you are real New Yorkers. Well, you know, my um, family's from the New York area. Um, sure. My yes, my. Uh, my mother's family, they had emigrated from Italy, and initially uh-huh. they settled in New York, and then uh, they moved into North Jersey. And it's funny because um, bunch, you know, a couple of my cousins were living in Hoboken in the last few years, and I remember my aunt saying, we worked our whole lives to get out of there, and the first thing they do is go back. <laughs> you know, but uh-huh. Hope, Well, Hoboken's now kind of like yuppie central, and well, Hoboken's it's a more affordable central. place. <laughs> it's what? what? Cake Boss Central. It's where Cake Boss is, so I love Hoboken. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, the funny thing too is now a lot of my relatives are moving back into the city because you know the demands on their job. It's easier to be in Manhattan than it is um, in in uh, New Jersey. But uh, my family's from there, so I've always had a connection. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I just love going to New York. I always have a good time there. Well, did, did they um, did they live actually in the city or the suburbs? We're in the suburbs, about thirty miles north. Well, uh, they were living in Livingston, uh, Cedar Grove, Montclair, um, mm-hmm. and then of course uh, Hoboken. And now one of my cousins just uh, moved back into Manhattan. Oh, cool! Yeah, we're not that far—about a thirty-minute train ride from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. my grandfather, my mom's dad, came from Northern New Jersey also. So right out, actually, I don't think uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey, which out of the oranges, I don't think too far from Hoboken, so we have some common ground here. <laughs> yeah. um, Mark, let me ask you another question. Um, you're a psychic lawyer, 
Okay. Um, don't most people think that these are polar opposite professions uh, or have there been occasions when you your dual careers um, as an attorney, as a medium, conflict with each other? You know, it's it's funny because people uh, will go on on Facebook and they'll they'll write these ridiculous. What is a psychic lawyer? It's like, (laughs) (laughs) and it always cracks me up. It's like, um, read my Facebook page. Yeah, (laughs) I said my job's a lawyer and I'm psychic. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like it's not real complicated. I mean, people say, do you handle the legal affairs of dead people? And it's and I'm thinking, if heaven has a legal system, they ought to rename it hell. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not the most educated people asking these questions, I'm guessing. No, it's true because uh, well, they don't yeah. care about it. We have other well, well, the fun. The, the, the the funny thing too is when and I'm sure you guys get this when the religious fanatics and there's a big difference between a Christian and a religious fanatic. Okay, yeah. there's a big difference between a Muslim and a religious fanatic, ISIL, nutjob, murderer, thug. Okay, yeah. um, and and they start writing these things like um, you are doing the work of S A T I N, and I'm like, well, how is it that a smooth shiny fabric is employing me? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh, they mean they mean Satan. Oh, they mean it's Satan. It's like, look, but if you're, if you're going to criticize somebody, I mean, somebody was trying to spell the word sorcery today, and they yeah. spelled it S O R C E R R E E. And I'm thinking, look, if you're going to criticize something you don't understand, don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, and the thing is, uh, look, I, I respect everyone's religious beliefs, but the fact of the matter is, this is the United States of America. And we have freedom of belief and freedom from religious oppression. And there are people out there who don't necessarily agree with what we do, and they have a right to believe that. But part of being a Christian is not judging or casting the first stone. And it always makes me think of something Gandhi said, where he said, I like your Christ, but I don't like you Christians because you act so unlike your Christ. Now, on the flip side of the coin... I have some very, very dear friends who are born-again Christians, and they are fundamentalists, and they do not cast stones or sit in judgment of me. In fact, we have very fascinating uh, theological discussions. Some of them don't necessarily agree with what I do, but um, um, one of my, my best friends, he is a Baptist minister, and he told me, he said, Mark, he goes, you have a service gift. And Mm -hmm. anything that you can do in the service of another person is a gift from God. He said, yours is a little bit different than most people's. But, you know, he says, if you can fix a car, if you're an auto mechanic, that's a service gift. If you're a dentist, that's a service gift. And, And, you know, being a good parent is a gift from God. I mean, think how many children are, are messed up because, uh, you know, they, they were raised by people that should not have even had children. So, you know, we have to realize that we all have gifts from God, and whatever we can do to, to help other people, um, that's that's what we need to be doing. Mark, are you familiar with uh, Kevin Schopel? Are you? I think you might be friends with him also. He He's a regular on my show. He's a Baptist deacon, um, ordained deacon, and he did the book, uh, The Bible, the truth about psychics and spiritual gifts. And yes, he kind of, I read it. Yeah, yeah, it's a great book. And I love having him on the show because, like you and like everybody else that has this gift from God, doing it in the light, um, we get ridiculed, we get put down, we are about ready to be burned at the stake. And Kevin comes on, and, and for everyone that you know comes and condemns us, which, you know, we're human, we're open to constructive criticism, but not abuse. And I find that a lot of times that, we can be abused. I've been abused on Facebook because of my gift, and I do whatever I can to help other people. And uh, so, you know, at least he he gives some peace to people and make them understand that. And just like you're saying that, you know, we you, you grew up in the Catholic Church, from what I understand, right? So it's not like uh, I you. I didn't. It, yes, and I was even considering um, going into the clergy, uh, but for various reasons. Um, I love spirituality. I love studying and learning about God. I love praying. I love to meditate. Um, I love, you know, letting the white light, the presence, you know, uh, of God. Um, But religions tend to create a lot of silly rules and regulations, 
Okay. Yes. And and um, I love Pope Francis. Okay. I think he is the best thing that's happened to the Catholic Church in probably oh I don't know about a thousand years. Um, no, mm-hmm. well at least since John the twenty third. So let's let's give him fifty years. Okay. I don't, but, I don't remember. But no, that's okay. Yeah, I'm kidding. Well, John the twenty third was a very enlightened and progressive uh, pontiff. Um, before him, you had a bunch of stodgy, you know, conservative, uh, you know, doctrinal and dogmatically, uh, you know, real, you know, uh, focused um, um, popes. Like, but uh, the the thing is, I, I just felt that the going into the clergy was going to be too restrictive, and yeah. that God exists in spite of religion, not because of it. Now. I am a big proponent of religion, and if you're a Christian, then be a Christian. If you're a Muslim, then be a Muslim. If you're a Hindu, be a Hindu. If you're Jewish, be Jewish, okay? And as Pope John Paul II said, follow the teachings of your religion. Follow right. the peace that your religion teaches. And so when people use their faith in, in that ISIL group in, in the Middle East, um, they are the most despicable form of religious fanaticism. I mean, these yeah. guys are are as bad, if not worse, than the Nazi SS. Okay, yeah. this is just how scum of the earth these people are, and how dare they do this in the name of God? Yeah, it it, it profanes um, Islam and it profanes any person of faith. You know, and it's like uh, I see all these hateful things that that religious people write, and I don't remember Jesus saying cast the first stone and judge and hate and do that. So the thing is, all the religions teach that we must love and respect our fellow human beings. It's when human beings take control of an organization and use it as a moral justification for their own political objectives that's where religion goes all wrong but but the right. heart of all the religions they're they're very positive mhm mhm yeah you that's know a very good uh, point uh melissa's dad became an ordained minister about a year ago uh my father worked for the episcopal church for 50 years so we grew up with, I mean, not just going to church, but, you know, having to sit through every service and and very involved in the church. And now we do this. And Melissa and I both realized we've had these gifts that we just came out, uh, me at 60 and her, in, in, you know, in her age, that, um, that uh, you know, it was there. Did you feel that you were born with a gift? Is Were you genetically predisposed? Or what are your feelings on that one? It's a genetic predisposition, definitely, in my family, because not only were my parents... In in my upcoming book, Evidence of Eternity, which is due out in March, I do touch upon uh, genetics and recessive traits. And a recessive trait, uh, and I'm not going to go, you know, roll roll deep into genetics, but a dominant trait in my family would be brown hair and brown eyes, okay, because most everybody has it. A recessive trait would be left-handedness, and blue eyes, okay? Mm-hmm. So let's say that you have two families of brown hair, brown-eyed people, and um, boy meets girl, and they both have brown eyes and brown hair. Um, no, excuse me. They both have um, – um, they're both left-handed and have blue eyes, okay? They right. both have the recessive traits. The, so the likelihood of them having a child – with mm-hmm. those recessive traits, increases. That's my, my right. basic understanding of genetics. So yeah. it appears that there are several things which are genetic. I mean, why do you look like your parents? Genetics. Why does intelligence run in some families? Why does mental illness run in some families? Why yeah. does um, um, certain um, uh, certain physical, mental gifts, certain diseases run in, in families? So why wouldn't something like this, a psychic ability or a sensitivity, run in families as well? I totally agree. I, I don't know how much you know about me, but I uh, I taught on genetics uh, for many years. I lost two children to cystic fibrosis, one at twenty eight, one at twenty two, which is their also recessive genes. So that's kind of right. like one of my major fields. So and it you know just like like you said, diseases like cystic fibrosis. And people go, well, you had four kids. You got two with it, two without it. Who were the other two's kids? They were all of the same marriage, of the same people. That's how recessive genes work, you know? So, right. uh, 
I'm glad you kind of touched on that point because it also gives the audience a little feel about what I went through with uh, two with it and two without it. So um, another question I have for you, um, you were trained at the world famous Arthur Finley Institute in England. Tell us a little bit about that experience. <laughs> yeah. I remember getting off the train from London to the village of Stansted and I flagged a taxi down. He goes, so where are you going, mate? And I said, um, Arthur Finley College. He goes, oh, spook school. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, so, so so we're in the taxi. We're zooming through the English countryside. And, and I always talk to cabbies. I, I swear I should write a book just based I do on the, the same conversation. Thing. I always enlighten uh, my cabbies. You, and, and you always learn so much. And so um, we're, we're driving, and uh, we come around this corner, and there's this, like, little forest, and there's Arthur Finley College. And it's this um, ancient, you know, or Victorian uh, mansion. It's huge. It's beautiful. And I'm like, wow, this is like being on Harry Potter, kind of, <laughs> you know. And, and I remember I go in, and, and they said, well, you know, leave your luggage down here, and now we're going to sort you into your groups. I'm like, seriously, you're sorting us into groups and we go into the great hall and uh the 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 tutor it's you know what they call the professors there she comes out and stands up it's not a stage it's a rostrum and uh she's very prominent and elegant english lady with these wireframe glasses and she looks up at all of us over her wireframe glasses and she says welcome to hogwarts and what? There was this pause, and then everyone started <laughs> laughing. And then she goes, "All right, then spook school." <laughs> so, oh, jeez, are you kidding me? That is so funny. It, it's, oh it's hysterical. Well, well, what it is, the um, the villagers in the the village of Stansted, they're very well aware that this is a um, a college where psychic phenomenon is studied and practiced, and they're a bit scared of it, so they nicknamed it Spook School, and. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it, it was really funny. It, it was uh, the whole thing was really fun, and uh, the professors were, were great. Um, I was the only American in the program uh, when I was there, and it was just amazing. Um, I mean, there were people from like twenty different countries, wow. and even there was one lady there from Beijing who was, you know, she was Chinese and and studying. And there was a bunch of folks from um, all over continental Europe, of course, the UK, Canada, Australia. Um, it was just great. It was just great. And it was really nice being in a, in a purely psychic environment where, you know, we were normal. <laughs> you know, we, we were the mainstream. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a great experience. Yeah, people look at us, you know, I mean, I'm not saying I'm famous. People know me now, and they've known me from my work with the CF Foundation. I uh, was on Regis and Kathy Lee back in the 80s with my work, you know, working with the children uh, and my own having the disease. And uh, But somebody like you, you know, um, how do they react? Um, you know, somebody like me, they would in the beginning react like, okay, she's going off the deep end. I know, you know, like Twilight Zone, she's got the psychic ability. Sure, you know, she's crazy. Did you ever get reactions like that from people being that, you know, that you are a lawyer and that um, did you ever feel uncomfortable telling people? Um, it, it, yes, um, all okay. of the above. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> uh, in, in, in here's why, the way I look at it. The people who mind don't matter and yeah. the people who matter don't mind. And exactly. so if there's people, lawyers, and, and there's been, there was one judge in particular who was uh, making <clears throat> fun of me one day, and the interesting oh. thing is that particular judge made world news when he, a couple months ago, got off the bench and beat up an attorney oh, wow. um, in his courtroom. You probably saw it on ABC World News, CBS, and NBC World News. So... When I looked at that, I remember seeing that on TV. I was eating dinner, and, and I'm, I'm looking at this. I go, I know that judge. And they're showing his picture on TV, and now the you know the Florida bar is investigating him and all this. Oh. And um, all I thought was, I guess karma is a truly cruel mistress. Well, you know what? I was just going to say it bit him in the butt. <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing. That's, that's <laughs> not something else. Well, you well, know what? Yeah. It, it, is, it is what it is. I mean, there's always going to be skeptics. Um I was just a guest this week on um, Sarah Champlain's show. Um, she wrote the book, uh, We Don't Die. 
And, uh, you know, she went into this because she was a skeptic and she wanted to prove that it wasn't really happening. And then now she's come out of medium, you know, and it's just amazing that, you know, I think people should, you know, be more open. I'm not telling people what to do, but, you know, give us a chance for, and understand that, you know, we're working in the light. We're working to bring you closer to the truth. We're working to heal you. Um, and, you know, and, it, and it's a gift from the Lord, you know, it's not a gift from Satan, you know, we don't go seeking after it, it comes to us, you know, so that's my own, you know, hypothesis on it. Um, now, the only, the other thing I want to ask you, uh, can you explain what you think the difference is between a psychic and a medium? In a nutshell, I'm sorry, there's a lot of background noise, do you know what that is? Yeah, I'm trying to um, adjust, I had problems last week, I think it's a better now, Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's because it's coming through really loud on my end, and and it's 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 hard to hear. Um, a psychic tunes into the energy of a person, place, or thing. So, and and so that's why psychics can go to maybe a murder scene and pick up things that happen. They're not necessarily communicating with spirits. They're picking up um, on on an energetic echo. Um, they can also psychics tune into the energy of a person and kind of get like health status, uh, past events in their life, maybe what's going on now and and for future events. A medium tunes into the energy of a person, place, or thing. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me, excuse me. That's what psychic does. A medium tunes into the energy of a third party, which is a spirit. So to make it as easy as possible to remember. If you want to find out about your health, love life, and career, see a psychic. If you want to talk to uh, dead relatives, see a medium. Right, right. Yeah, I have people coming on my show all the time. I mean, like you said, it can't be any clearer that the name of the show is Signs Our Loved Ones Send Us. And I get people that ask me, well, am I going to hook up with so-and-so? I'm like, could you please just read um, what I'm about? <laughs> my show is about... Healing people through grief, not your love life. If if I did that, I'd be trying to heal my own. Thank you very much. You know. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. There was this this one um, one guy was writing nasty stuff all over Facebook on another medium's page. He goes, "If these people were real, they'd be just buying lotto tickets and winning all the time." And or people say, "Oh, my name is." Uh, John, but I guess you knew that. And I'm thinking, oh, I thought your name was Jerk, you know. But yeah. um, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the thing is, what what, what people don't, well, well, what what people that are low on the education curve about what we do, they uh-huh. think that being psychic is supposed to mean that you're all knowing and all seeing. Mm-hmm. And human beings are not all knowing and all seeing. God is all-knowing and all-seeing. This ability gives us a sensitivity to certain vibrational frequencies and uh, gives us insights into uh, information. But it Mm -hmm. does not make me, you know, pick winning lottery numbers. It does not uh, make me foretell uh, future events about people. And and it's always it's always kind of sad when I'm on a show and we spend, you know, 45 minutes explaining that I'm a medium and that I'm a medium. And the first question is, will I, like you said, hook up with so-and-so? And And sometimes I'll ask, well, what are you doing about it? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, what are you doing to find someone? Nothing. I go, okay, so you're (laughs) sitting at home, okay, eating cookies and donuts Okay, letting yourself go, you're not in, engaging in social activities or, or making an effort. So what do you think? George Clooney's going to break up with his new wife and suddenly show up at your front door? Yeah. Yes. Okay? Yes. It, it's like, how about put the cookies and donuts down? Yeah. Join I just a gym. want the work done for them, you know what I mean? Make well, their life course, as easy you know, as possible. Yeah, get, join a gym. Do something, um, go to social activities. That doesn't mean hanging out in bars because I never liked hanging out in bars because everybody in a bar is drunk, okay? Um, Go to church organizations or community organizations or or people through uh, work and, you know, coffee houses, that type of thing. You know, if you're going to find someone, you've got to put some effort into it, not, oh, well, I just thought, you know, 
Prince Charming would show up. And, and it applies to guys, too. I, mean, I don't mean to sound misogynistic about this. You know, oh. guys that are sitting there eating the Oreos and gaining, you know, um, 100 pounds and expecting, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> some, you know, a supermodel to show up at the front door. That, that's not going to happen. You, yeah. you know, life is what you make it. And I found yeah. that the, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yep. Yep, the more you put into it, because I... That's the I thing, you're it, working towards the goal. Yeah, and, and with your own abilities. I had a, um, I had a, we talked, because Mark Ireland was on my show months ago, and we started talking, there's a lot of synchronicity in my show, and I had someone contact me today that I'm now meeting with this week, who is a major, major psychic, um, and we were destined to meet, uh, we were on the phone about an hour before the show, you know, and we were kind of talking about these things, how, you know, people expect us to, you know, read their minds or tell them when they're going to die and, and pick the lotto numbers. And, you know, God gives us free will to do, like I said, to get off your butt and do something in, in layman's terms. That's what you got to do. We're, we, we're here to help you mend through grief. And that's what I feel my job is. You, your job. Mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, I've seen you in action, Mark. So, and, um, you know, we're not here to pick your lotto numbers and stuff. You got free will to go play those numbers, and if we could do it, we'd 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 have the winnings, wouldn't we? <laughs> we we do it for ourselves. I know. It's like, and the thing is, you know, I always yep. I always send it out there that if I am supposed to win the lottery, can this be the ticket? <laughs> you know. So, um, but you know what? Think about it, um, Peggy and Melissa. If if you could pick winning lottery numbers. That would actually be a nightmare because yeah. you would be besieged by people constantly that mm-hmm. would want you to do this for them, and uh, it could be it could be really really um, a terrible thing. You know, yeah. I, I prefer and it wouldn't be fate either. It wouldn't be truthful if you if you have the answers. It's not really winning then. You know what I mean? You're just yeah. deceiving. What? I feel like what? people are just addicted to the game itself. I I, yeah. I go to for like an egg sandwich and you see the same people there like scratch off and oh I won I won they got a dollar back so then they go buy 10 more tickets you know and <laughs> so they want to bring a dollar and now they're putting out another nine and I'm like, I know so then they just wasted well, their earnings I'm like what's wrong with you people then and nine dollars in a hole the boot you know what I'm saying so I just want to express to our listeners we don't do that you know and and, no. and, and even if we did I mean this gift that we have, I mean, if we all became millionaires, then why even bother? Let's just go and buy a yacht and travel somewhere or whatever. So it, it just doesn't work that way that God is the one with the answers. We don't have them all. I mean, we're just his tools. His, um, you know, we are tools of God. We are, you know, working for him. And He's he gives us whatever messages he feels fit. Uh, do you agree on that, Mark? I, I do. I do. And... um you know, when you open your heart to the Lord, you uh-huh. are are doing the work. And, you know, it, it's... And the thing is, I don't mean to, to crash on religion, but um, some horrific things have been done throughout history in the name of religion, and hor- hor- horrific things are happening right now in the name yeah. of it. Yeah. And, you know, what we have to realize is that God does not hate yeah. Um, unfortunately, people do, and uh, that's one of the things that I write about in Never Letting Go, which which is a guide on the journey through grief. Because when a loved one dies, we we go into shock, and then when the shock fades, and the shock normally lasts a couple weeks, but then mm-hmm. the trauma sets in, and the trauma mm-hmm. is what you live with for the rest of your life. And the reality. The, the really, re- yeah, the really sad part is that people go through a lot of anger. And they, they go through this, you know, I'm angry, and I'm angry at God, and I'm angry at everyone. And it's okay to be angry at God, okay? Mm-hmm. But it's when you take that anger and then start acting upon it, that's where we're going astray. And one of the things that I try to teach people in, in my book, Never Letting Go, is that there's nothing you can do about the fact a loved one has died. 
what you can do is learn how you react to it. It's like what you did, Peggy, when you had two children pass from, from the horrible disease, cystic fibrosis. Yeah. And you could have become an alcoholic and an angry person and turned your back on the world and engaged in impulsive behaviors. But instead, you took yeah. that anger and put that energy into helping other people and raising awareness about it. And yeah. so that is when you literally take the lemon and turn it into lemonade. Do, will it bring your children back? Of course not. But what a testament to mm-hmm. them to take that, that negative experience and turn it into something positive for so many other people. Yes, that's what, you know, Melissa laughs at me all the time because that's my favorite expression <laughs> of lemonade. Yeah. We actually did a lemon to lemonade challenge on the show during the ALS. We did. Like, we drank pink lemonade and lemonade during the show. Yeah, yeah, I, and it's like you know, taking the the bitterness of the lemon and turning it into something sweet, and that's why I say it. You know, kind of like uh, what was her name? Um, oh gosh, she passed years. Irma Brobeck. Is that her name? She Irma Bombeck. Like, Irma Bombeck. I, you know, when I was a kid, I always used to read her con- uh, her column. She was his. Hysterically funny. Yeah, she's one of my mom's favorites. You know, she was she was the uh, the lady that uh, if life's a bowl of cherries, why am I in the pits? You know what I'm saying? So it's, <laughs> it's along the same you know thing that I'm trying to tell people, and you know, and I, I see that people, you know, they either look up to me like, wow, how do you do this? It's like, and I tell them like, I have two choices. Like you said, I could have become a drug addict, uh, full blown alcoholic. Uh, uh, and party, 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 and ignore life in general. But I know that from the gift the Lord's given me that I had purpose, and so did my children, that for the 22 and 28 years they were here, they had purpose. And it's brought me to where I am now, because we're all here for a reason, whether we're psychic or we're not, or we're authors or radio show hosts or TV personalities. We all have purpose. And purpose is not taking the, the lemons and 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 not cutting them open and squeezing them. You know, you need to branch out. You need to um, you need to do something. And I I heal. I've I, it heals me when I can give to others on with firsthand knowledge. You know that. Look, I know what you're feeling. You know, I've lost the two kids. I I know what you're feeling in my heart of hearts. I'm my sorry, we're, we're breaking up again. Um, the oh, the, the connection. All I'm hearing is is a vibrato uh, sound. So, um, uh, are people in the chat room? Are they giving feedback on the sound quality too? No, no. Actually, there, there's only a couple in there right now, and nothing. No. Mm-hmm. Now I'm surprised because okay. I tried a different method. The last show was terrible. I called my producer, and I still haven't heard back because that show. I it needs to be redone. It was ridiculous. But I'm not getting any echo on this end. How about you, Melissa? I'm not getting anything on mine. Just now, regular are parents, sound. Are your parents listening through another way and are they there to see if they're seeing hearing anything or Who are you talking to? You. Me? Oh yeah. sorry. No, not right now. Oh, okay. All right. Well it sounds fine on my end. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on, but uh I guess we'll see on the archives. But uh you know, so we'll you know we'll we'll improvise, I guess. You know, um, let me ask you another question, Mark. Um, sure, have you communicated sure. with spirits uh, who have been murdered? Has that oh, happened yes, to you? Several, t- all the time, all the really? time. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, well, because That's- I'm an attorney and I have a background in criminal law, a lot of people who uh, have had loved ones murdered want to seek my my um, my services. And right. I've I've found that um, it's very intense. In fact, mm-hmm. in Never Letting Go, I wrote a ch- um, there's a chapter called Forgiving Those on the Other Side, and there's a very intense story about Junie Rios Martinez. And he was an 11-year-old boy who was kidnapped, raped, and murdered by a serial killer. Oh, and gosh. I did I did a reading for his mother, uh, who is just the most courageous and wonderful woman I have ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, and for for people who've been through a horrible, horrible thing like that, and there aren't even words to describe that. Mm-hmm. Um, please, please read that. Um, it's it's a testament not only to Junie, but to to Vicky, um, mm-hmm. what she has been through, and she now works tirelessly, very much like uh, John Walsh. We all remember young Adam Walsh, who similarly. Yeah. 
uh, was yeah. abducted. This was not long after Adam Walsh's death. This also occurred in Florida. And uh, Vicki has fought to to change the laws in the state of Florida. Uh, she said, you know, it's easier to, to find a car that's been stolen than a child. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Adam Walsh's death brought it out uh, more so about, you know, children being murdered. And, and now we also have, like, Amber Alerts because... You know, that's that's another way that his father and, and the people that were parents of Amber have taken the lemons and turned them into lemonade, like, so their children's memory lives on, but also helping people going through similar circumstances, you know, and taking something negative and turning it into a positive, you know. So, um, and I, I, I encourage other people to do so because, you know what, I've got MS. Like I said, I'm 61 now. Um I was a victim of Hurricane Sandy, lost all my belongings a year after my husband and son died, lost my daughter years before, lost many others. I had a recent loss three weeks ago. I lost a second nephew in less than two years. And, Mark, you've also recently lost, uh, was it cousin, uncle, and... Uh, uh, th three family members from the same family. My my uncle, Joe, um, he died after a long battle with cancer. Then five days later, his eldest son, my, my cousin Rocco, died in a freak accident. And then um, three weeks after that, um, his youngest son, my cousin Tom, died during surgery. Tom, um, wow. I want to talk a little bit about Tom for, for a second. Sure. Tom had muscular dystrophy, mm -hmm. and he was not supposed to make it to 20, yet he right. lived into his 40s. And this was was such a strong human being. He mm -hmm. always had the jokes. He was always looking on the bright side of life. And right. he got so weak towards the end that he, he couldn't he could not walk. He could barely get into his scooter. But no matter right. what the weather, he drove to work and he was at his desk uh, at least ten five to ten minutes early. And one day uh, there was a terrible snowstorm. This was in North Jersey in Princeton. And the boss came out and said, well, Tom's here, so I expect the rest of you to be on time no matter what the weather. Okay? Mm -hmm. And um, and he he finally, you know, all battles come to an end. And wow. after, after resisting and, and fighting muscular dystrophy, his heart got so weak, uh, they'd put a pacemaker in, which was malfunctioning, and they went in, and he, he passed on the table. And, you know, um, this, this, this man affected so many people in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And every life matters. Every life counts. Yes. And we can sit there and say, oh, woe is me. But when you look at somebody like him, and let me tell you, the deck was stacked against him from day one. He yep. he really turned the odds in his favor. So, Tom, I know you're listening. God yes, bless he? you. Well, I'll tell you, Mark, I can <clears throat> relate to that with both my kids because <clears throat> my daughter was three when she was diagnosed. You're born with CF and... At that point, I had two children. My second one had to be tested, and they told me it could happen again, and I it was a personal choice. I had two after that, and another one born without it, two without it, two with it. And people said, "What are you, were you crazy? Instead of, like, honoring the fact that I decided to do it was a personal decision, it was like, why did you do this? Why did you know when you knew this could happen again? I took what God gave me, and because... Every life has a purpose, and my kids, and I have a second book, well, I have four, three more books coming out, but my first one is an outline, Rainbows, Butterflies, and One Last Hub, but my kids were powerhouses, and so many people, they touched so many lives, and, you know, I think some people think that we're immortal. They don't want to even think about death, obviously, who does? But, you know, every life has a purpose, and my children had purpose, and I wouldn't have traded one day of their lives for anything. You know, they were oh, unbelievable, wonderful kids. I mean, they still did stupid stuff like regular kids, but every life has a purpose. So, you know, I used to get annoyed, like you were talking about your cousin Tom. I get annoyed about Megan Mark, too. People saying stupid things to me. It's like, you know what? Worry about your life. Let me live mine. Let them live theirs, you know? There's a part in my book I talk about, um, you know, once people knew that my kids had CF, they would sit there and talk to me when I had them with me, and they didn't look any different, but stare at them like they weren't there. I said, you know, if somebody has, like, say, a Siamese twin, and they have two or three heads, 
don't stare at them. There is a purpose. God gives purpose to every life on this earth. You know, you have no right to to uh, stare at them that way. You know. And by the way, someone just on the chat said they the the sound quality is very good. So I guess we're okay. So I just wanted to let you know that. Um, Mark. Yeah, good. Um, okay. We I have another question. Um. Uh, when you say you see spirits, how do you see them, and are they just standing around? Because I think we all have a different gift that way. I feel channeled. They just the messages come out of my mouth. How does it work with you? I see them. I hear them. I feel them. Okay. So um, when I see them, it's generally in my mind's eye. And I may right. get a, an, a complete visual or I may get physical characteristics about them. When I hear mm-hmm. them, I may hear a few words or I may get an entire sentence or sometimes an entire entire message and feeling. Um, right. I will see a lot of images which uh, have significance on several levels. Um, right. The feelings, I will always feel how they died um, and... Um, I will feel feel things that they're experiencing now, which is really really wonderful. So I get it. Uh, I see things. I see it. I hear it. I feel it. And mm-hmm. um, then there's just sort of a transfer of knowledge that that they'll give me about about uh, whatever whatever it is they're discussing. Now you don't actually hear it like a physical voice, do you? Or, or uh, how does it work with you? Some sometimes. Oh, you do. Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've had I've had it happen. Um, in the whole time that I've, well, I've had the gift since I was a kid, but since I've come out twice, uh, day before my son died, trying to get to the to, to the city, and and I'm at a station, the Metro North station, waiting for the train. We're having a major ice storm, and I was with my daughter's best friend and my friend, and all of a sudden we heard someone, and three of us heard it. It wasn't just me. We heard someone going peg peg peggy, and we look around, nobody's there, and this bird comes flying at us. <laughs> And so one of the people I was with went up to the the the, um, the station uh, ticket man uh, and and said, "Who was calling Peggy?" He goes, "Lady, there's nobody here but me and the three of you." So that was weird. That was the first time I really actually heard voices. And then the second was recently, and Melissa, that it happened with her recently. When my, it happened my, to me too. Yeah, when my nephew Ben died, uh, I've heard whistling a few times, and the last time was with my cousin from Jersey was up uh, for the funeral, and we were sitting in the hotel room listening to the voice. It's the third time I heard it. And all of a sudden, a commercial comes on, and it's like someone was standing between our beds. We had two double beds, and started and just whistled. I said, And then I told her, I said, well, that's what happened to me twice before yesterday. So that's the only time I've actually, I cannot <clears throat> remember that I've heard, you know, someone actually speaking. But Melissa's heard the whistling also. I also heard end. her kids speaking, remember? The garbled noise like a CB? Yes. Yeah, yeah, she actually. After my son's funeral, I've she heard, heard voices. Me. Yeah, she's heard them too. Yeah, yeah, and I think we all, you know, we talk about the mind's eye and 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 what have you. I think we all have our, a little different approach to how they connect with us. Um, I, somebody asked me for a reading last night. I gave her a reading, and I think she she was somewhat of a skeptic. And I, the first thing I said was Rose. She says I don't know anybody named Rose, but my son loved roses. She lost two children. I said okay, validation. Then I said the name Ashley. And she says to me, um, oh, no, but his ex-girlfriend was Ashley. That, that can't be him. I'm like, oh, my God. Just because he wasn't with Ashley anymore didn't mean it was a validation. Sometimes do you find that with people they don't get our validations to them? Or what's your feeling on that? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not sure what the question is. Like, Like when I was doing a reading last night, this woman was a skeptic, obviously, lost two children. I, I said right. the name Rose. She says, I don't know anybody right, named right. Rose. Right, right. Okay. Right, right. So what, what's and the it, question? The question is, do you feel like when you get the messages and, and it's a major validation that sometimes people just don't get it or they they, they kind of poo-poo it or what well, are you feeling? Well, it, it, you have to realize that for the vast majority of people, they do not engage in spirit contact on a daily basis. So uh-huh. they don't know what to expect. And right. sometimes when we get something like Rose or Ashley or something mm-hmm. like that, and we know that this is a major piece of evidence, and they start right. throwing a fit like, "Oh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that," you uh-huh. know, you can't you can't fault them for for their ignorance. And when I say ignorance, I don't mean that as an, an insult. 
Being ignorant right. means that you have a lack of knowledge about something, and the cure for ignorance is to increase one's knowledge. Now, people who are stupid, okay, um, and, and I don't mean that in a negative sense, but there are people who simply lack the gray matter to understand right. certain things. Okay, that does not make them a bad person or a negative person, but they are just incapable of understanding. Um, but but um, when people come to a reading, they have to be open-minded, they have to listen, and they also need to not fight with the medium because occasionally I'll get these argumentative people and yeah. they're you know they're looking for the last scene in the movie Ghost. Okay, they're looking yeah, for their loved one to materialize in front of them in a glowing white light and say, "See you, Demi. See you, Whoopi," and then you know yeah. ascend into heaven. <laughs> and you know who doesn't want that? Okay, yeah. we all want that. But what they yeah. have to realize is that spirit communication can be a very subtle thing, and that spirits can identify who they are through several pieces of evidence. And mm-hmm. and they don't just pop in and give name, rank, and serial number, which would be really right. wonderful if they did. And, and sometimes they do to an extent. But right. um, but and that's where like the the pseudo skeptics. There's a difference between a skeptic. A skeptic is a person who says, "I don't know, but I would like to learn more and get some evidence." As opposed to, right. "I'm a skeptic. I don't believe anything. My mind is closed and will never open." That's not a skeptic. That's an idiot. Exactly. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Like you brought up the movie Ghost and. Um it looked like uh, the bad guys went to hell. Is that how it works? Is that what you think, or what do you feel on that? No, I don't believe that. Um, it certainly was good in the movie Ghost because you know Willie and uh, the the Tony Goldwyn character. You know they went to hell, <laughs> and, and we wanted them to because they were bad guys. You know? They were mean, but yeah, yeah, they were mean. But um, I believe that the other side has a multitude of frequencies and levels. Some are higher frequencies, which are closer to the light. And then Mm -hmm. there are those which are far removed. But I do not believe that a spirit is imprisoned in a dark, negative, burning pit of fire. I mean, that's that's a bunch of, you know, medieval superstitious nonsense. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I can go off into all that, but... but, um, I don't believe that there is eternal damnation because God is the most loving parent of all, and no parent yeah. could ever condemn his or her child to an eternity of suffering. Exactly, exactly. And that's where there's a lot of confusion with people. And it's like, think about it. If you really, you know, would you, the child that you love, would you, no matter what they did, you you forgive them, um, you discipline them. And I'm sure there's a place where they're disciplined, but, you know, as far as, as far as fire and brimstone, I'm not, you know, really into that myself. Um, do you find that? Um, um, do you do you think ghosts really just haunt houses, or besides like what we do? What do you, what's your feeling on that? Do you feel like what's the purpose in a ghost haunting a house? Uh, un, unfinished business, or what do you think? Well, I, I've been on I've been on several paranormal investigations, with, um, some with the guys from from TV shows and. Uh-huh. And uh, I've seen them set up the equipment and do that, and it's it's interesting stuff. And, and I'm very open-minded towards that. I mean, even Thomas Edison believed in the uh, in in the ability to create a device so sensitive that it could communicate with discarnate intelligence on the other side. Right. But um, there's three schools of of thought on hauntings. One. Mm-hmm is that there's a spirit trap between this side and the other side, and, and they don't know they're dead, and they're there, or they're pissed off. Excuse me, they have some kind of beef. <laughs> okay. And, and so they're there for... You for, can say it. You can say it. Can yeah, say it. I know, but, but uh, you know... He's trying to be classy. Drinking. Okay, sorry. Yeah, but I, I, I think it's not a good idea to use language like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, all right, the second school of thought is that um, a spirit... Um, comes back and forth between this mm-hmm. side and the other side and is aware that he or she is has passed, which right. I do believe. that That's what I believe. Um, and the thing is, though, a lot of times it takes a while for a spirit to transition to the other side um, because their sense of time is much different than ours. In other words, no- the other side is timeless. There is no time in, in the way that we understand it. So a spirit could linger, if you will, for... 10, 20, 30 years, but in their reckoning, it's only a few moments. Right. Um, that that may be the case. And then there is um, the third thought, 
And to say that a house is haunted and that you're seeing or hearing an apparition is like saying that when you look in the mirror, the reflection mm -hmm. is actually you, but it isn't. Okay, exactly. it's a reflection. It's a residual energy signature that kind of you know gets played over and over and over. And the people that do house clearings and such um, interrupt that energy and therefore disperse it. Ergo, you know, the haunting has ended. So there, there's three different ways, at least, uh, of looking at that. Um, I've been in places that are theoretically haunted, and there are uh, spiritual presences there. Many of them were non-human spiritual intelligence, and people get all freaked. Oh, it's demons, demons! I was on this one ghost hunt at the Stanley Hotel in Colorado, and, and the ghost hunters were, they were hell-bent, pun intended, everything was a demon. Right. And I didn't see it that way, and, and there's this one, one incident where, um, like, a shadow started to grow on the wall. Okay, I mean, it, it started. They're like, it's the shadow, people. It's a demonic thing. And everyone's screaming, and they're in this room. And I walked right up to it. And I said, no. I said, this is an older man, and he passed from a heart attack. And I described him. And this, this girl uh, walked forward. She goes, that's my grandfather. He died six weeks ago. And I Aww. said, well, he's holding this big, fat ginger cat. She goes, my, my kitty died two weeks ago, and he was a big, fat ginger cat, you know. Wow. And so her grandfather was coming through and delivered these messages, and she hugged me, and she was crying, and everyone was like, oh, and they all left, and, and, and the ghost hunter was furious. Really? Why? He said, how dare you do that? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, I don't want you doing readings. You're screwing everything up. I said, what? oh, what well, you're I'm being doing honest. You're, is showing you know. that this isn't all demonic, so you can't sell your little gizmos. Yeah, and so, so um, uh, it, it was it was really um, quite crazy. disappointing to see that people who are supposedly analyzing, and this is not of all ghost hunters, this was well, this particular person, this particular because person. I've been on ghost hunts with a lot of people, and they're open-minded, they're objective, and they're employing the scientific method, which is, I do not know, therefore we will study this, collect the empirical evidence, and examine the facts, as opposed right. to, oh my gosh, there's something, it's a demon. Yeah, right? It's the, the, the closed-mindedness, again, you know, that's what they were led to believe growing up and and uh I, I talk on my show also about you know as a kid you know i was led to believe that everybody was on that stay puff cloud uh, when they died and you you look like a cherub you didn't look like you anymore and you're there playing a harp what's your feel on it my feel is like my brother talked about it as a minister it's a door here you open one door and you walk into the next a different dimension right here on earth heaven's on earth what's your feeling on that well, as an Italian Catholic, I have to admit that Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel paints right. a pretty beautiful picture of the hereafter. Uh -huh. However, <laughs> it's a picture, okay, and it's an artist's conception. I think that the other side is beyond our ability to understand uh -huh. um, from from what they have projected to me. Many times spirits will create a point of reference that we can understand. So let's say you're communicating with somebody, like I did in this one reading, and the woman's mother and father came through, and the father showed me like this real Western scene where he's um, hunting and camping and all that, and she said, wow, that's what my father loved to do best. And the mother came through, and I saw this villa overlooking vineyards, and she says, my mother loved the Napa Valley. She couldn't stand going hunting and camping with my dad. Oh, and yeah. But they were together. So what, what was happening was they were both projecting what they loved the most. Now, is the father really hunting and roping over there? Is the mother really hanging out at a Napa vineyard? I doubt it. But what they're doing is they're creating something you and I can relate to because they're in an infinite and mortal state. And so they're right. creating a finite point of reference that we can understand because we cannot understand what it is to be pure energy and in an infinite existence. Right. Well, I, I you know, um, uh, Mark, I go to uh, my own medium because I don't read myself. And she had told well, you me. you can't. No, you can't. No, I mean, I have my family comes to me. There's no doubt about that. And they come through many, many ways, not just the pennies and the feathers and then, though they do that too. But um, my medium that I go to, she was on my show in July, 
while she was doing a, a galley or whatever out in California. And she told me that uh, a session a week after my son died, that my husband, he loved hunting also. And then I said to her, I said, oh, he's hunting there? And she says to me, uh, no, he's hunting here. I'm like, I, so I didn't quite understand what she meant by that. What do you think she meant? He's hunting here. And do they do things that they do here? Like my son was a race car driver. Is he racing cars there? What, what do they do? What do you think? What do they do there? Yeah, I mean, um, do- like, I, like I indicated, I don't think we can fully understand it. Um, uh-huh. I think what they do is they give us something we can understand that's very that's pleasant and positive. But uh-huh. as far as what they actually do, I think it has to do a lot with um, um, growth, understanding, and spiritual involvement. But I don't know if we can um, even begin to grasp how incredible it really is. Well, I had asked her also, being that my son raced cars, and uh, some of his friends said that they would get into their car and they felt like they weren't actually driving it. Somebody else was controlling it. And Deborah said to me that they don't have actually the physical uh, vehicles or the the body to do such, but they can actually do things through us. Do you believe that's possible, or or what do you feel on that? I think they can direct our attention um, Mm -hmm. to to certain things, but as far as controlling us... Now, see, this topic then can get into the discussion of possession, and... Uh I don't I don't really believe in possession but I do believe in channeling and transmediumship. There are different types of mediums or mental mediums where we receive images and messages in a mental format. There are physical mediums extremely rare who are able to project uh, ectoplasmic manifestations from their body. Uh, I've not seen that directly, although I have talked with people in England who have, and these were extremely credible people. Um, Would love to see it. Um, That's a long story. And then um, there are people who are transmediums. That's what we call Mm -hmm. them in Britain. Here in the U.S. we call them channelers, like Edgar Cayce. He was a right. trance medium where he would go into a trance and these you know, voices would speak through him. Well, there may be a lot of people who are actually trance mediums and don't understand it, and then right. uh, spirits will temporarily take use of their body, um, right. and apparently not all the spirits are, are um, in the highest of frequencies, so you may get... Uh, some people doing, you know, some spirits uh, you know, looking for opportunistic abilities and, and, and uh, you know, um, but but um, I, I personally don't believe in demonic possession. I believe there's one soul per customer and uh-huh. that um, people don't get possessed, although they do channel uh, discarnate intelligence. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let me ask you something else here. Um do you feel that uh, every human being has this ability at some point in their life, or are we all capable of it, or is there just people like us that are more gifted than the average Joe, or what do you think? What do you feel about it? What are your feelings on that? I think that everybody is capable of a mediumistic experience, but that not everybody is a medium. In other words, everybody can swim, but not everybody is going to be an Olympic swimmer. Right. Um, everybody can probably do math to some extent, but not everyone's going to be a Stephen Hawking. So mm-hmm. we all have differing abilities. Um, we all have the same physiological equipment, and mm-hmm. you know, so which which enables us to perceive uh, spirits and and understand vibration. I, I right. think every everybody has like women uh, talk about women's intuition, which I believe is a very real phenomenon and men mm-hmm. talk about their gut instinct it's the same thing right it's just that men don't like to to get all emotional and squishy about their feelings because somehow that will make them look bad but every cop and every military um, um soldier marine sailor uh special forces guy that i ever met said if they didn't trust their instinct they'd be dead yeah it's, what do they call it? gut instinct you know and mothers uh mothers we do have instinct you know we can um I used to tell people, uh, trying to explain it to them, like, when my children were born, that mother, you know, intuition, 
like if the baby cried, you know, you knew there was a certain cry, you knew they were hungry or they needed a diaper change or they just wanted to be held. That's kind of a, um, a, a gift I think women have as moms. What do you feel about that? Do you, it's kind of, it's not actually that they're mediums, but it's intuition compared to being a medium. What do you think the difference is? You know, just something that God gives all women that are moms or what do you feel? No, I think everybody has the same physiological equipment. Right. Um, and that uh, we're all energetically connected so that you are uh, very tied into the emotions and feelings of your child. So therefore, um, when something's going on with him or her, you pick up on it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that more women are, 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 women are more psychic than, than men are, or, or is there a, uh equal... Um, Equal whatever abilities between women and men. Uh, what do you feel? I that? think there's an equal potential. Okay, uh-huh. so so when we get on the equipment. The equipment meaning the pineal gland and the brain and the solar plexus, the the complex mm-hmm. bundle of nerves and the solar plexus. Those are theorized to be the two main receptor areas in the body. I think that. Um, what was that? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it's okay. echoing. What is that? Yeah, we got, that, yeah, we got the echo thing. I'm hearing going. an echo now, too. Yeah. No, it stopped. No, it's doing it again. I have no idea. That happened on my last show. Oh, boy. I have no idea. Well, it must be something within the system. Oh, gosh. I apologize. Maybe we should... Uh, I think maybe cut the show short because of it. Yeah, I think... Yeah, because yeah, nobody's going to want to listen to this. I think I think we had a call tonight, and I really yeah. want to thank you guys for having me on the show. All right, Mark. All right, Mark thank you very much. I'm sorry. To thank do you. This. All I don't right. Know God bless. You guys have a great night. Okay. You too. Thanks all again. Right. Good night, all. Uh-huh. And uh, early. signs or loved ones send us. Well, Melissa, I'll Melissa, talk I'll you in a bit. Okay. Bye bye.